0: Namaste. Namaskar. Vandanam. Vanakkam. Adab. We... A very good evening
1: to everybody present out here. No show is complete without a host. And today, I'm going to introduce you to the host of this evening. So, here we go. We
2: have.
0: Shri Ali of grade 3. Shashin of grade 3. Ayana of grade 4.
2: Sahil of grade 11
1: and Sundresh of grade 11. And together, we're going to make this evening unforgettable. Isn't it, guys?
0: Yes!
1: Let's do this. So,
0: as proud Indians, we breathe music, and the melody pounds in our veins. That being said, let's call upon our school choir to render the prayer and invoke the blessings of the Almighty. Our beloved Managing Trustee, Dr. Manimekalai Mohan. Our Honorable Trustee, Mr. Mohan Our Directors, Ms. Risha and Mr. Nidin J. And the most empowering guest of honor, Mr. R. R. <laughs> Why the crowd present here?
2: No. For a brief insight into our guest's fascinating life, Mr. R. Madhavan was born in a Tamil family in Jamshedpur, Bihar on June 1, 1970 and received a Tamil upbringing. He is one of the very few actors to have a pan-India appeal and has featured in movies of seven different languages.
0: Mr. Madhavan graduated with a degree in electronics from Radharam College, Kolapur, Maharashtra. Well, while he was pursuing his electronics degree, he was actively involved in NCC training. And was recognized as one of the top NCC cadets in Maharashtra.
1: Due to his stellar performance as an NCC cadet, he got selected to go to England and train with the British Army, the Royal Navy and the Royal Air Force. He was also aspiring for a career in the Army, but unfortunately, he was rejected due to an age cut off by six months. Mr. Madhwan's
2: teaching profession motivated him to pursue a post-graduation in public speaking, which he then completed from Kishinchan Chalaram College in Mumbai.
0: In 1992, he represented India in the Young Businessmen Conference held in Tokyo, Japan.
2: Meanwhile, he created his portfolio for a modeling agency. After several years of pursuing supporting character roles, Mr. Madhun finally had his chance in a Kannada movie in 1998.
1: Our guest of honor started by doing commercials and small roles and then had his big breakthrough to Mr. Mani Ratnam's film, Alay Payu <laughs> After that, there was no turning back. He quickly began scaling the hi- heights of successes with major blockbusters like,
0: Tano Manu and Bessivam Three Idiots.
1: Iridi Sutra, Sara Padu, not to forget Vikram Veda, Kannadil Muttamittal,
2: Rangde Basanthi,
1: and many more.
2: Mr. Madhavan is also a charitable person, having featured in the Chennai-based charity, the Banyan, and has also featured in charity musicals. He,
0: as a guest, as a cook, as a guest of cook, Mr. Madhavan cooked dosas and helped for 45,000 rupees for a charity in Chennai. Mr. has played goal in the celebra- in celebrity charity event in 2007.
2: He also won the qualification round of the golf meet of the Mumbai leg of Mercedes Trophy.
1: <laughs> Madhavan's MIG and Madhavan are the two video game characters created by Paradox Studio Limited.
2: In addition to his contribution to the movie industry, Mr. Madhavan has also worked as a writer on many of his movies and has also hosted various television programs. He has also been an ambassador of India in Canada as a cultural ambassador at the age of just 18.
0: At this juncture, it's a proud moment to record that Mr. Madhavan is, is a brand for S.S.V.M. Proversity!
1: Yeah, that's right. I want you guys to uh, welcome this gesture with another huge round of applause. But that's not all. Our guest of honor, has a humanitarian side too, and it's immensely commendable. His association with PETA, that is, People for Ethical Treatment of Animals, due to his obvious love for animals, has earned him the Person of the Year Award in 2012.
0: He has a son named Vedan, who's just like his father, who loves animals. When Peter's kids Compassionate Kids Award for his work for animals.
1: And in 2016, Lepra India signed him on to work as a goodwill ambassador in the fight against leprosy.
2: That's right. So what are we waiting for guys? Let us put our hands together and welcome Mr. Madhwan by calling forth our management to felicitate the guest of honour.
3: uh, I think, let me first say how sorry I am. I don't want to keep people ever waiting. But our judgment of how long it's going to take me to come from Uti to mid school went completely wrong. I am almost late by an hour. So, my profound apologies before I begin. I am really, really sorry, guys. Secondly, I have never been uh, been invited by a list of about five MCs for the same program. Especially… especially with the… as varied an age group as between grade 11 and grade 3. And I'm really honored and really amazed that they took so much of an effort, despite the shortest of notice, to actually memorize everything that I've done in my life. And say out. I don't think in my house my son knows all that I've done. I'm really very <laughs> grateful… <laughs> All of you all, thank you so much. Very sweet of you all to remember. I do not remember it myself. So, um, before I begin, I, I thought of something while I was sitting there and looking at you people. First of all, thank you so much for all the love and affection, the way you, you, uh, you welcomed me and the amount of love and affection you have shown with, with your screaming. I am very, very touched. But I got to tell you this, I was also born and brought up like was said in my bio that I was born and brought up in a place called Jamshedpur, which is in Bihar. And uh, I studied in a school till up uh, till up to grade 12. And now I know that some of you all will be feeling this. So I'm going to say it out to express what you might be feeling and fearing sometimes. When somebody asks you, where are you studying? You know, you, one does want to say we're studying in a Harvard or Oxford or Loyola University or St. Xavier School or, uh, you know, Bal Vidya Mandir and all those famous names that crop up all the time. But when you tell them I'm studying in SSVM, they say, oh, where is that? Let me tell you, the strength lies in places and institutions that people don't know about. I'll give you a straightforward example of mine. I used to study in a place called Jamshedpur. My schooling was in a place uh, in the middle of Bihar. And my friends used to study in schools like Loyola or Sacred Heart Convent or Bal Vidya Mandir, all those. And I used to study in a school called DBMS. We used to, the school was called DBMS because we wanted people to think it was data-based management services or whatever. But the truth of the matter is, the full form of my school was Dakshana Bharata Mahila Samaj And people used to tease the life out of us because we are studying in a Dakshina Bharata Mahila Samaj It was a ladies organization But the best part of my education was It was run by South Indian ladies in Bihar fiercely sincere South Indian ladies, who wanted to be… Who wanted to prove a point that good education can be gotten anywhere. Who wanted to prove that we can make world-class citizens anywhere. And so, despite not having such a renowned name as, as a schooling uh, platform for me, I am so grateful for the kind of schooling that I got in a small town run by a small group of people, all ladies from the south of India in Bihar. And I recollected that particular moment when I was standing in Harvard giving a speech. And I just want to tell you that no situation in the world um, is so small that it cannot give you life lessons that can help you achieve unbelievable heights that you did not even imagine. So saying that, I want to say that SSVM is a kind of institution that I am amazed to be part of right now. When somebody <laughs> came to me, the, the decorum with which you are sitting, the kind of uniform that you are wearing, the kind of uh, yeah, welcome address that I got, I am very, very sure that all of you are being prepped for the very competitive and vastly and immensely quickly changing world. And it's going to be an amazing experience for you as you transcend this journey from being students to irresponsible citizens of the world. So, I'd like to wish you all the very best before I take these questions for people. Yes, so I'm ready for your questions.
0: Sir, we all
1: know about all the challenges that that you've gone through throughout your life and your career. How did you overcome those moments?
3: How did I overcome my challenges? Is that your question? Yes. First of all, you don't look at it as a challenge. Um, I am very firmly of the belief that there is no ideal world, there is no perfect schooling life, there is no perfect year when everything will go your way, when things will all be the way you want it because that's never going to be. Your progression in in life is always measured by not your successes, by, by the number of hurdles you cross when you reach that. So for me, if you say a challenge, I would... Um, first of all, I wouldn't even consider that a challenge. It's just a, it's just I don't know how to explain it to you, but it's a very transient thing. So today, I have not done well uh, or I, I couldn't meet up to the challenge. I couldn't live up to it. So it was an obstacle. Tomorrow, I'll find a way around it. So it never bothered me that I didn't succeed. Uh, I'll give you a small example. In fact, the challenges that I've faced now are far tougher than when I faced it when I was a kid. For example, uh, there was this film that you guys have heard about called, called Iridhi Sutra in Tamil, where I was playing a boxer. Now, according to the, of the in- norms of the industry, it didn't fit in with a proper hero, heroine role. You know, it was about a girl boxer who was more prominent than I was in the film. There were no masala songs, there was nothing. So, I didn't get producers. And I had reached a stage in my life where I didn't want to do the normal films, I wanted to do something different There was no producer ready to back me up, I couldn't get the money to do the film And so I remember after almost 2 years of trying, I was saying no to other films I could literally see this as being a challenge of my life Will I be able to do this film or am I going to finally accept defeat and say hey you know what, it's not meant for me, let me move on That could have been an option but I remember speaking to a very dear friend of mine from the US, who is extremely successful. And I said, listen, P, I can't move on anymore. I'm done. Because I have tried, I've come to all the producers, I'm not able to make them see sense. They don't want me to do it with a newcomer girl. They want a proper heroine. They want this kind of money. It's not going to happen. I have tried my very best and I'm going to give this film up. I'm going to go and earn money doing something else. So my friend said, um, Maddie. You know, he had become, uh, he had become bankrupt twice in his life before he sold his third company to the US defense for 980 million dollars. It was the first AI company. So he said that I cannot tell you how much I've learned from my success, but I will tell you that every time I became bankrupt, everything I lost. And I just want to push one more day ahead, just want to try one more time again. That experience of saying, I'm not going to be put down and I'm going to try this one more time is how you go over the hurdle. And he says, that's how I sold my third company. He said, if you give up today, then the next time you feel that ch- you face a challenge, then you will give up before you come to even this stage. And the next time you try, if you don't come up to that stage, you eventually st- will stop trying. So he said, Face it, give it one more time, one day at a time, one hour at a time. If you're not prepared for an exam, if you're not ready to give the kind of uh, test that you want to, it's not the end of the world because an examination or a test only only measures how well you're prepared at that particular time in, in your life for that particular test. It is not a certificate of failure for you for the rest of your life. So, I remember these lessons that were taught to me in school. So, for me to say the challenges were uh, mammoth is not true. I gave it one more shot, I went to one more guy and I said, you know what, I have the extraordinary concept, should we make a movie? And that guy said, damn, it's pretty good. So, let's make a movie and that's how Eridya Sutra got (laughs) made. So, to sum it up, if I have to look at it as a challenge, then it is going to be a challenge. If I don't, then it's not a challenge, it's just experience. Great. Yes.
4: Sir, uh, personally, what does a family mean to you?
3: What does a family mean to me? You know, uh, every time that a man succeeds or a woman succeeds, it's not, it doesn't make sense. Uh, to have an achievement, if you are not able to share that and mark it in your life history as a momentous affair, unless you are able to share it with people who are genuinely happy for what you have done, okay? (laughs) Irrespective of whether you succeed or fail, irrespective of whether it's been a good day or a bad day irrespective of whether it's it's been something that you're ashamed of or something that you're very proud of It's very very important to punctuate every that particular moment of your life to make it memorable because those thoughts those memories and that experience will keep enriching your life when you get older One of the biggest curses that mankind faces which I'm Sure, you as young kids do not know, but I can sure all the staff will agree. One of the biggest curses is, as you grow older, you start becoming irrelevant in society. Your contribution to society is measured, and people say, "Old man, he doesn't know what he's saying. He's senile, budi whatever." And that there cannot be a bigger curse than that. And all the problems in the world, all the wars, all the, all the, 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 the. Um, Uh, You know, disagreements, if I may say, are because of people who do not want to give up on that power, who want to stay relevant for much longer than they are. And I do not know if you will understand what I am saying, but it's very, very important to know when to move from being an Alexander to an Aristotle. It's very, very important to know from when to move from being the warrior. So, for me, the family is a place where I will go and download all my stress of the day. You know, be it success, be it failure. Success can be a stress as well. Because you keep what because you came first in class once, now you have to repeat it. And if you have not come first the next time, you are looked upon as a failure. But hey, you just came from first to second. That means you still have so many people behind you. But, I mean, that's just an example I'm giving. You know, it… it In relative terms, everything had become extremely happy or extremely sad I personally believe that there is nothing I have succeeded If by doing my work, my regular job, I have made my family unhappy Because the whole purpose is, is lost so, the whole idea is to know how much to work, how hard to work, so that you are able to bring happiness back to the family and not the stress back to the family. Because the whole purpose of you doing a job is completely gone. One of the things that I also learned uh, in terms of being a family is, my father and mother used to always tell me, you know, finish your 10th standard exam. If you do that successfully, then you could really enjoy your future. So, I really worked hard. Then they said, 12th standard. The moment you finish your twelfth standard, your future will be bright. You can really enjoy yourself. I said, wonderful. So I, I worked hard in my twelfth. Did the best I could. Once I then they said IIT exam, you know this that worked really hard. I didn't get into IIT. My parents were depressed. Then they finally said, this is I'm saying this is the benefit of having a family. <laughs> then they said, get into the college. First year, you just get into the college, written exam, that's it, your future is assured and you can really enjoy your success. So, I got into the first year of my college and they said, hey, not first year, you have to pass the college. And then as soon as you finish your college, your life is secured, you can enjoy your future. So, I said, okay, pass the college. Then they said, um, when are you going to get a job? You will get a job. Once you get a job, you start earning, then you can really enjoy your life. So I said, okay, we got a job, uh, try to enjoy. Then they said, uh, when are you going to get married? Because everybody, every family has an agenda, man, you know, you have to move on. So I said, okay, now we've got a beautiful girl, we fell in love, we got married. My parents are, thank you, that's very good. Now that you've got a job and all that, uh, when are you going to have a baby? So we had a baby. Now, my parents are saying, baby has to get into school. Please work hard, making sure he gets into a good school, then his future will be clear. I'm like, when am I going to enjoy my future? Now I'm enjoying and worried about my son passing school, 8th standard. Now I have to go and sit in this exam and you know, prepare, help him prepare for the exam. I don't understand half the time things are being taught in the 8th standard nowadays. I'm really sorry. I was very uneducated when I was in the 8th standard. But this is what the family can do to you. But it keeps you active, it keeps you on the move. And in my opinion, it's by far the most important aspect of your life. So,
1: what role does the family play in a child's education
4: and overall development?
3: What role does a family play in the overall development and education of a child? Yes. Correct? So, it's very important for all of you all to understand the difference between education and academics. Education is an ongoing process. My. My philosophy in life is: I don't think that my day is successful unless I do one thing that I've never done before, or I, 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 have, I provide myself with a unique experience. If not myself, the next thing is if I find somebody else who I can find, uh, you know, provide with a new experience, or I met somebody in my life who I'd like to keep in touch with. Now. When I say the first part of trying to uh, find new experiences, remember that the world is changing at an extraordinarily fast rate. What I mean to tell you is, we we didn't study uh, superconductors when we were in school for engineering. We were still stuck at semiconductors. Now in engineering, it's AI. In the next five years, all your education is Fortunately or unfortunately, going to be redundant because you'll have to constantly educate yourself because they'll bring AI, artificial intelligence as syllabus in the second standard. I'm sure kids here are already being start to… I'm sure you're being taught how to code already, right? Things that we never heard about when we were in college or school or universities. So, this education that is being provided has to be provided with the family. The school will give you the experience of being around educated people but if you are able to go and visit places, travel to other, you know, during the holidays, travel to places that you have never been to, meet kind of people that you have never met before, you know, get an opportunity to work in an orphanage or get an opportunity to go and, and, and meet people who are in Hindustan Aeronautic Limited. Uh, as a child, I was hungry for experiences. And therefore, my academics wasn't that very good. But I might have been a very above average or average academician, but I was highly educated. I could talk on every subject that I could talk, you know. So, the, so, as you grow old and as you, as you go to college, you will understand that interdisciplinary uh, expertise is most required. What I mean to say is, nowadays, you can't just be a doctor and expect to be successful. Because as a doctor, you need to know about computer science, also know about robotics. Because you will probably become a surgeon who will have to do surgery using robotics. So, you are learning physics, you are learning biology, as you are also you're learning yeah, computer science. So, it's the same thing with an artist. I can be an artist, but today I have to realize there is a machine that can help me do it better. I can help, you know, com- I can do compositing, I can… You know, the kind of things that are going to be uh, developing as, as the world progresses and such a fast trade is, is so enormous that there is no fixed profession that's going to work. And only cross-disciplinary things will work. So for that, you need to have intrapersonal experiences. You need to have uh, opportunities and and the idea of grasping these new experiences, which your family will and can and should provide. And that, I think that is one of the most important duties of a father. So for me, I don't I don't emphasize much on Vedant trying to study because he's a swimmer and he swims six hours a day. And I just want to make sure. Did you uh, did you wish the uh, the liftman who opened the door for you? Did you acknowledge the, um, you know, the normal people around you? And he, I'm sh- you know, I am hoping that he actually makes an effort to talk to the driver and talk to the people who are not at his level and gain that education. That's not academic. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Sir,
2: so, so, how do you think a learner, can exercise trust and confidence in daily life and how can a learner be a great support to his parents and the society
3: okay that's a very standard uh, uh, and uh, i'm trying to see which is the best way to answer that question uh, i need you to repeat it so that i can understand the purpose behind that question
2: so like how do you think a learner can be confident in a his learner daily? a learner okay can be confident in his daily life as well as how can he be a great support to his parents? Okay,
3: how can a learner be confident in his daily life, right? Okay, so when we… let me say it in the movie language. When I as a, as a producer or a director or as a, as a mem- member of the film uh, is casting for a role, you know what we find often? We find a lot of people who come in and act like Rajini Khan or like Amitabh Bachchan. Or like Deepika Padukone, Very few people actually come there and be like themselves So they come in there thinking, maybe if I can dance like Deepika and look as sweet as Alia or as beautiful as Trisha They will be casting us, but we don't look for those things Those people already exist, right? So how can a learner be confident? The first thing you have to understand as a learner is that there is no place on earth that another person exists like you, no place. Nobody in the world can be you better than you. I am just trying to say that if you are, if anybody can tell you how uniquely beautiful and, and extraordinary you are, every one of you you will understand how easy it is to be confident. Let me explain to you in another word. When you go to the Broadway in the US, I don't know how many of you have been there in medic closes. you'll see men who are 6 feet, 8 inches tall, broad, they can sing, they can dance, they can swing from ropes, they have 8-pack bodies, they look brilliant, okay. And they are part of Broadway and they make a lot of money. And they go home maybe after a day's work and make $5,000. And then there is another actor called Danny DeVito, who is 4 feet 3 inches tall baby, you know, not, not as six-packed as the rest of the people. And he makes 5 million dollars a year. Both of them are in the entertainment industry. The uniqueness of being a Danny DeVito, the uniqueness of being, uh, let's try and bring, like a Buddy Whale, for instance, is, is far more important than Buddy Whale to, sir, trying to be Madhavan. Okay, And so, if anybody told Vadiwal, listen, you're not tall, you're not fair, you're not broad, you're not looking like a warrior, you don't, I mean, you don't have what it takes, look at Madhavan, then what will happen is, anybody with the potential of Vadiwal will feel out of place. They'll say, oh, maybe I'm not supposed to do it. But it's the success story of people who believe in themselves. Now, Mr. Vadimail makes more money than any executive in any software company trade in a year. And that's because he's so uniquely unique and proud of it. And that's going to happen to all of you all. So, if you want to ask me how a learner should feel confident, the first thing is, you have to be very, very happy with who you are. And there is no reason not to be. Everybody has been made differently and that's why we exist the way we are. Secondly, the one of the one of the things that you have in your control to make yourself unique and attractive is proper hygiene so ladies and gentlemen kids let me tell you you have to break the barrier when you walk into the room for the first time that has always got to be uh, you know a, a secondary prep that you have done for any meeting you walk in and people should look at you how do you create that aura the first thing that you must do when you create your, or you try to create an aura is the way you speak, the words you use, and most importantly, your hygiene. Style is one thing, but if you don't have, let us say, clean teeth, or if you have not paid attention to the way your body smells, or if you have not paid attention to the way um, whether you've cleaned your uh, nose or th- anything. You can see the most handsome, tell me like girls, you can see the most handsome six and a half feet guy looking handsome and he opens his mouth and he has bad breath. Do you want to talk to him? Now, seriously, do you want to have anything to do with somebody like that? You go <sighs> It's the same thing, okay? And it's a small example, it's a really small example But sometimes you can turn off people by the kind of words you use, the kind of ideas that you have The kind of uh, the language you use, the kind of company you keep And those things are very very important in, in, in building up your confidence So, to tell you the truth, I've always been in the company of Many very different kind of people. I had the good fortune of studying in Canada, like you said. And I used to go to school on a horse. I was living with cowboys. I learned to respect their way of life because they used to eat only meat. I am a vegetarian. But I'm, I was taught from when I was a kid not to pass a judgment. In the sense that if they ate it like that, ah, I would not make faces like that. Because it was their culture. <laughs> and… Whatever they did, whatever they tried, my good friends, my everybody who tried to make me eat non-vegetarian because they wanted me to be part of their group, they wouldn't succeed because I would be polite, I would be firm and I would still say, I really can't do that. Let's talk about something else. If I was rude to them, I would have made enemies. They also understood that Maddy is uniquely different. He's not going to have meat, so let's leave him alone. Because in the village of 5,000 people that lived over there, they couldn't imagine somebody can live in this cold without having non-vegetarian. So I'm just trying to say, a lot of these things will happen to you all too. They will pass judgment on you, they will try to be nasty to you, they will try to provoke you. Only the weak get provoked. So if you want to maintain your confidence, Blissfully be happy about who you are Like supremely And I really mean it I really want you all to understand what I'm saying Be extremely proud of who you are If this is the way you're going to look This is the body that God has blessed you with That's what you're going to live with Hygiene and fitness and cleanliness and good clothes That's in your hands You want to go to the gym, look better You want to, hey, you know what I don't want to go to the gym I'm going to be plobby That's all up to you But there is no substitute for being nice And being good mannered. If you are not well-mannered and nice, you are automatically going to make enemies, less number of opportunities, less successful, less confident. Sir. Yeah. You are done? Sorry? Are you done? Yes, I am. I, I thought I answered both your questions. Yeah. Yeah. So, the current generation can do much more. What is your opinion about that? Much more in what? In everything? Listen, <clears throat> there is always going to be this pressure on you saying that you can do much more, you are capable of achieving a lot more, you have to be prepared for a fast changing world. Every generation hears that. I heard it, my parents heard it. The circumstances were different, but the human mind is such that it will always find a way to succeed within the given atmosphere. So, as, as, as students, I will say, Don't worry about having to do much more. Make sure you do what you do properly. There's a lovely saying in English which says, anything worth doing is worth doing well. Are you going to (laughs) go… Yeah. So, if you want about much more, I would like you to refine every aspect of your life. If you're going into bed at night and you're chucking your shoes and going to bed, make that small effort of coming back and make those shoes sit in place in the right way. If you are asked to clean something, make sure you clean it properly, not as a duty. Because your attention to detail in every aspect of your life will contribute to what you want to do in terms of achieving more. Because you cannot achieve more on a very uh, shaky foundation. So I am saying if you are parking your car or you are helping your mother with the groceries or somebody is cutting a vegetable. Do it so beautifully that people will notice. The smallest jobs, that's how they notice you. If you want to keep your desk, keep it clean. Make that your personality. If you want to keep it artistically dirty, by all means, keep it artistically dirty. But make an effort to do that. Just don't let it be, just don't let mold grow. That's not, that's not uh, cool. Right? So, you want to do more, you want to, you, you, you decide, like a lot of people in our college used to do selective studying. Because they know this is a syllabus, we need to get only, I need to get only 70%. So, let me really study for these topics and not the whole thing. And they manage to get 70%, that works for them, you know. So, uh, for me, putting the pressure on yourself uh, is not good. Uh, the world will do that automatically for you. But if you want to, if you want to feel good about yourself in trying to achieve more, then what you are doing well, do it superbly well. If you are going to tie a tie knot, make sure you are wearing a tie, it is a perfect tie. You <laughs> that is the kind of attention we people to take. Yeah. Have I answered your question? Yes, sir. Thank okay. You. Anything else?
1: Um, sir, uh, when do you think the turning point is uh, due for youngsters?
3: When is the turning point? Uh, Due for youngsters, Uh, like I was saying uh, about the family and how they say uh, your your future is around the corner.
1: No, no, not in that respect, sir. Yes, but uh, in general, how do you think uh, that a youngster could, you know, mature into a more uh, uh, able being for society?
3: Your are okay. Let me. uh, When is the turning point of your? So I'll tell you one thing, bro. There is no beginning or end to turning points in your life. I'm at I'm almost fifty, and I still see turning points in my life. Okay, the idea is to be open to an opportunity. Okay, so um, like I said before, success is when the right opportunity makes the right preparation. So you can be, you know, and I've I've said that in many many talks before. But what I wanted to tell you is, it's a. Uh, the, you know, the idea, the ability to look at a turning point is far more important than actually being in the turning point. You know, if you're not, if you're not open in your mind to look at an opportunity which could turn your life around, then you're going to lose out on it. Okay. Um, and, And that's, that's what I mean. For example, I'll give you an example of a, of a, of my classmate. They were all studying for engineering. They got into IIT. At, at my age, getting into electronic, electrical or electronic or mechanical engineering was the be all and end all. Like if you didn't get there, you were not going to get married in my city, right? But then, or, or the medical. Then, somebody came up with oil engineering. And there was sanitation engineering. I'm sure people have known but there is sanitary engineering. And, and nobody wanted to touch oil engineering. And the guys who got the least amount of marks, they were like, you want to do oil engineering? Yeah, we have no other job, I have to be an engineer, let me be an oil engineer. Today, those kids who thought there was no turning point in their life and this is the worst point in their life, they grabbed that opportunity, they became experts and today they are earning 6 crores a month. And I am not joking, oil engineers around the world are limited to such an extent that those with 40 years experience right now are earning 6 crores a month. I'm like, dude, uh, why don't you come and act? I'll take up your job, man. It's a lot of money. But when you… So, sometimes the most hopeless situations can give you the best opportunity. So, that turning point, you should be open enough to see. And that's what a lot of people don't do. For example, one of the things that happened to me was, I wanted to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, I never wanted to be an actor. The truth of the matter is I never studied to be an actor. So, here is the funniest part of my career. I have never never acted in my college life. I have never studied acting. I have never been to an acting school. My parents are not, not even my parents, my relatives till far away are not involved in the film industry. And today, I am part of the film industry. And so, when I went to Bombay, I was teaching. I, My only reason, the whole purpose of going to Bombay was to conduct uh, courses on public speaking and communication skills. Till one day I was walking down the road, and somebody said, "Hey, listen." He called me. I was in the N- in the NCC, so my hair was really short. And he said, uh, "Are you interested in acting?" I said, "No, no, I don't know how to act." He said, "No, no, there is a serial that I'm doing, and you look the part." So I said, "What part it is?" He said, "It's a story between a love. It's a love story between a blind girl and a and a convict." So I said, "Which part are you giving me?" He said, obviously, the convict. I said, what is so obvious about it, man? Why Do I look like a convict? He said, no, short hair. I said, okay. Then I said, I don't know, I don't know how to act. So, I'm really, I'm resisting this particular opportunity in my life. Okay, I'm saying, I don't know how to act. And he said, no, no, don't worry, we'll teach you how to act. So, I went to the shoot. I said, first of all, how much will you pay me? We are very particular about knowing what I was being paid. So, the man said, I'll pay you 2,000 rupees a night. I said, wait. Why 2,000 rupees a night? What is it on your mind? He said, no, no, (laughs) we're going to shoot at night. (laughs) So So, we'll pay you 2,000 rupees after every night. I said, okay. Then I went to the shoot. They made me sit down. Somebody put some stuff on my face. Somebody combed my hair. They said, wear these clothes. So, I wore the clothes. Then they said, okay. Now you're coming onto the set, please come. I have no idea at all about acting. huh? So, they they make me come onto the set. Then this man says, uh, when I say roll camera and action, then look over there. I said, okay, roll camera, action, look there. (laughs) Then he said, very good, cut. Then he said, when I say roll camera and action, walk from there to there, but try to look angry. Uh, No problem, walk from there to there, looked angry. Then he said, when I say action, walk from there and go hug the girl. I said, gladly, no problem. (laughs) I did that. Then at the end of the day, I said, great, I'm done. Can I have my two thousand? He said, yeah, yeah. But we're shooting for two nights. Here's your money and come back the next day. I have no clue about acting. I don't even know what I have done. But it was an opportunity. And I remember very clearly that even though I was having an out-of-body experience, that I don't know what it is. But the moment he called action till he called cut, Maddy was completely there. So if I had to look angry, I was looking angry, so that that one moment that I had to be myself, I was there, like as an actor. I didn't even know that is called acting. The next day, this director was directing his first uh, television serial. So they came, uh, you know, their friends came to wish him all the best. Their name was Tony and Dia Singh. And they came and they looked at this guy acting like, you know, they looked at me, I had, you know, uh, short hair and bald. And they said, who is this guy? So, the director said, I don't know, he's got very strange English, strange Tamil, strange Hindi. But he's got some, something charming about him. So, they called me and they said, hey, come here. I said, yeah. They said, uh, are you interested in acting? I said, yeah, I'm doing this. <laughs> they said, uh, but I was very respectful, okay. Then I, then they said, would you like to act in our serial? I said, oh, how much will you pay me? (laughs) So they said, we won't pay you because we're giving you a break. I said, I don't want a break. (laughs) I'm okay. I'm teaching. I'm making a lot of money. They said, no, no. They thought it was really funny that somebody should speak to them like that because in the industry, everybody is like, hello, sir, how are you? Please give me a break. Whatever I'll do, I'll come for screen test, manangata, everything. But I I was not like that. So but I was respectful and loving. Okay, so then they said, we're doing a series. If you can come for a screen test, uh, will be very happy. I said, no problem, but how much will you pay me? They said, oh, what is, what, what, what do you want to be paid? I said, 2500 because I'm being paid 2000 here.
4: <laughs>
3: they actually agreed. Bro, I'm just saying they agreed. I'm saying turning points in your life, right? This is what it was. And I'll tell you one more example before I call it a day. So, I went there next day to screen test for them. I was in the army. They called me at 5 o'clock. I was there at 4.49. They forgot they had called me. They made me wait for an hour. After that, the pack-up happened and I'm like, hey, to hell with you guys. You don't know how to treat somebody, I'm out of here. I started walking out. Then they called, hey, come back, come back, hey, I'm sorry, sorry, we forgot and all the… Like, I was already behaving like I was a person of extreme importance. But I was just being disciplined. That's all I was doing. They put a light on my face. They they did a screen test. They congratulated me. And I got this serial called Banegi Epni Bath. I don't know how many of you all have seen it. But it was uh, much before your times. And it was a long running serial that had been running for two and a half years with 240 episodes. And I entered in the 241st episode. (laughs) And I'll never forget my first scene in that episode. It always happens to me. I am sitting in the bus, sleeping and when the heroine of the uh, serial, she comes up the bus and she has a heartbreak, so she doesn't know what to do. The first guy sitting in front of her, she looks at him and she vomits on me. (laughs) That's my first scene as an actor, somebody vomited on me, man. Very auspicious beginning. But strangely, what was supposed to be a one-episode guest role, in five episodes, I had become the main lead and in 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 the in a period of 5 weeks from being a completely unknown guy i had become a star and people are taking autographs but the last point i want to tell you about turning points is which is very very important and understand that good things happen to good people and if your heart if you don't have the goodness in your heart to to acknowledge people around you, those opportunities won't come. So, I didn't know anybody in the film industry. I used to sit down and have tea with the light men. They recommended me because there was no publicity and stuff like that. Those light men used to recommend me for other serials and I became very, very popular. I started getting CDs. So, the thing is in 1994, the, my neighbor used to be a, a very loving Muslim couple and I didn't have a phone. So they had a phone which, whose number I had given because every time you want to part a message, you are shooting not, not They used to tell the neighbor Poor people used to be woken up in the middle of the night because the guy who is calling, he doesn't care whether it's my number or somebody else's number 3 o'clock in the morning, he'll call up and say, ka shooting nahi hai. And this old couple used to wake me up, "Beta, you don't have shooting tomorrow so you can sleep And I felt really guilty, I'm thinking, poor thing, they are 70 years old and they are always being bothered by this phone Why should I, what, how can I do to make their life better? So, I remember saying, I don't care if I have to pay 30,000 rupees at that time in 1994, a big amount of money to pick up a first mobile phone that was available in Bombay, the Siemens phone and then, you know, give that number to everybody else. And I remember because it it, it was very painful, it used to be 16 rupees a minute to answer a call. 16 rupees, I don't know if you all know, but 16 rupees a minute was a lot of money. So, I got that mobile phone and I told my production managers, do not call home, call on this number and quickly tell me your message. I remember very clearly that I did it because I wanted to ease the life of these people who were helping me out. I went. To pick up my mobile and this is all out of the good intention of making somebody's life better I remember going to pick up my mobile phone, I came out, turning point of your life is what I am saying The phone rang, They had the, at that time they used to charge it and tell you how to operate it and all and give it to you The phone rang, no number, I picked up the phone, somebody says, hello, may I speak to Madhavan please And I am like, do you always speak so slow, it's 16 rupees a minute, you can you speak faster? You know. And she said, my name is so-and-so and we're shooting an ad film, can you come and shoot with us? I'm like, can you speak faster, please? <laughs> so what do you want? She's like, you're relaxed, but you're shooting an ad film and the, and the guy who was supposed to shoot with me, he got a sty in his eye, so he can't shoot. So can you come and shoot with us? My favorite question in the world. How much are you going to pay me? they said, we'll be honest with you, we're paying uh, Mr. Samir 51,000 bucks, so we'll pay you the same amount of money. 30,000 bucks phone, 50,000 bucks contract, I'm like, yeah, get me the AC taxi. <laughs> so I remember taking the AC taxi and going to the shoot. And here's when everything turned for me. I was shooting a Pond Sandalwood talc ad, I was being nice to everybody on the set. There was a bearded man who was sitting like this on the chair every time okay. He was shooting like this and I'm like, hey, what happened to him? And then I'm from the army, right? And I'm from Bihar, so we're used to a lot of respect and giving respect and taking respect This man during lunchtime calls me like this <laughs> Now, you know, all the army thing, all the defense training in my hair is standing at the back of the Like that kind of thing But deep inside, I'm a polite guy So I'm, I came and said, hello, sir He said, what's your name? I so said, my name is Madhav. Uh, you are a Tamilian? I said, yes Do you know how to speak Tamil? Yeah Okay, you give me your photograph I'm like, okay I went back And I'm calling this assistant director. I'm like, who is this man? Why is he behaving like that? Like rude, rude guy He said, you don't know who he is? I said, no, I don't know who he is, who is he? He's like Santosh 7 man, he's Mani Ratnam's cameraman I said, okay so, I went back very respectfully, sir, my phone, my number. <laughs> he spoke to Mani Rattam about me and I got Paide. <laughs> so you can imagine what I mean by saying a turning point in your life. If I had not decided to be nice to the couple that was being disturbed, if I had not been sweet to the person on the phone, if I had not given everything can actually immensely contribute to your success, man. <laughs> and that's why I say keep your mind, keep your eyes and ears open and your heart open for niceness around you, these opportunities will come. Hey, how much time do I have? Five minutes, okay, sorry. Yes, go ahead. Anybody else?
2: So, sir, of all the speeches that you have ever given, which is the audience that you would like to ideally address and why? Uh,
3: Of all the speeches that I have given, which is the audience I would like to readdress and why? You know, I am human. So, sometimes you are not Sometimes I, I give a speech, and I keep thinking, I wish I had said this, I wish I had said that. But because of the state of mind, you are in the stress, the time, you don't end up saying a lot of things. So, for me, it's a complete privilege to address the youngsters, especially people of your age. And I will tell you why I find that to be the most rewarding, because this is the most rebellious age. I mean, there is no doubt the hormones are playing havoc with you. And the fact that you are always looking for an identity. But I remember this wonderful thing that I learned about teenagers. Uh, So, I don't know if you've been taught this. I'm going to tell you this. This is why I enjoy uh, addressing teenagers. As teenagers, when your body changes and your mind changes, there will be a time when your mind would have developed all the abilities to react as an adult. So you will know how to, rea- in your mind, you will know anger, rage, happiness, benevolence, uh, you know, how to be uh, cute, uh, all the emotions that the human being is capable of. And the mind has developed the ability to express it. What it has not developed is to make sure, actually what is not developed is connecting those emotions to the right situation. So. There will be a situation when you will want to cry, you will not know why you are crying, but you want to cry. Especially the girls, correct me if I am wrong. You, you hate yourself for crying, but you will be crying. <laughs> right? The boys, you know, it will be the same thing. You will feel extreme amount of anger, you will feel extreme amount of hatred. Especially when your parents are telling you something. They don't, you don't know, You inside you, you are telling yourself, why am I being so angry? Why am I feeling so frustrated? But you can't, you keep feeling that. That's a process of growth. So, adults have now realized that the best way to treat this is to leave the child alone for a while. If you address the same subject five minutes later, you will get a completely different response. And that's one of the things that even as teenagers, when you keep this in mind, which is why I am coming to this topic, that if you're feeling a strong emotion, a vehemently strong emotion and somewhere inside you it's telling you Why am I feeling like this? Then you know that it's slightly wrong Just wait, give yourself, be nice to yourself Give yourself 5 minutes, give that situation 5 minutes Give your parents 5 minutes and say Can we talk about this 5 minutes? Just leave me for 5 minutes That is enough time for you to get back stability. Slowly, your mind will know how to wire all the emotions to the right situations. Then you will become an adult and then of course, the rest of the game begins. But I just wanted to say that when I address uh, youngsters like this and I see the amount of intensity with which you are listening to what I am saying, it gives me the greatest amount of satisfaction. Because I have not, you know… There is… there is no reward for a teacher better than a… better than a successful student, correct? Thank you. Is that it? Last, will ask… Okay, first. Sorry, my lady. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, um, which uh,
3: day would you like think it's the most memorable day? Like, I mean… Which day is the most memorable, memorable day? Memorable day, which you have ever experienced or something? Okay, so, I'll give you a quick answer before I leave. Um, you know, as, as kids, we always think we know better than parents and as, uh, you know, we always feel that… and, and I am sure all the parents will relate to this, uh, uh, you know, uh, what I am saying. We always feel we know better than the parents. We always, like, uh, there is no way that any teenager would not condescendingly look at their parent because they you are old man, you don't know what you are saying. And then they tell you all these things and say, when you have a kid, you will remember. Every parent curses their children, saying, when you have a kid, you will remember. Right? My mother said the same thing to me. And I used to think, ha, ah, I'll bring my kid in a different way. But in all honesty, the most pivotal moment of my life was when my son was born and I held him in my hands. And I cannot tell you the overwhelming love and respect I had for my parents after that. <laughs> <laughs> And I am telling you, every parent here will tell you, the amount of respect you have for your parents is when you become a parent. That's a spectacular moment and uh, you are completely humbled and you realize how difficult it is to bring up another child and, and especially in the kind of circumstances they would have had to bring them up. So, yeah, that has been the most pivotal moment of my life.
4: And when have you like done something meaningful in your life?
3: Oh, I keep thinking I'm doing something meaningful every day. This is meaningful for me. I sure hope that you find it meaningful. <laughs> but there is, yeah, like I said, there is, there is, there's absolutely no nanosecond in the life that cannot be uh, pivotal for you. And that is not cannot be meaningful. So, even if I'm just, look, you know, I'm an actor. And people recognize me on the streets. And the most common response is, hey, Maddie, okay. But I make it a point to try and, give that bit of, because it's effortless for me, I just have to show my face, but in the hot um, Mumbai traffic or Chennai traffic, you're standing at a signal, it's very easy for me to go back to my phone, but sometimes I make it a point to open a window and look at somebody and smile. And for them it becomes a pivotal moment, you know, they they, they look at it and they smile, it doesn't matter if he's had a fight with his wife or his son is not listening to him or he's lost money, whatever it is, for that one nanosecond he looks at it and he says, hey, man, hey, married. That one... The God-given ability to make somebody smile for that one second that I have to do it so effortlessly. Yeah, that's the moment that I had. Thank you. Yeah, I see your principle moving, so I guess it's time to move. (laughs)
0: For thank you sir for your inspiring words which has enlightened us in so many areas and we would certainly be reflecting on them. As we come close to this beautiful evening, on behalf of SSVM family, we thank our honourable guest Mr. Marloman for taking time from his hectic schedule and being with us this evening. I would like to take this opportunity to thank our management for showering upon News incredible opportunities. Super iconic and inspiring personalities. I once again express my sincere gratitude for once-in-lifetime opportunity of meeting a phenomenal man of his calibre.
3: I all you know, you manage? Yeah, yeah, my Thank you so much, guys.